My name is Daisha Clay. I'm the audio librarian here at Classical 91.7. While I'm a real librarian, I have a deep, dark secret. I know very little about classical music. I grew up listening to rock. And I know something about jazz. But when it comes to classical... But I really want to learn. So... Every week on this show, a classical music expert will give me a piece of classical music they think I should know, and then we'll discuss it. Come learn with me in the classical classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the classical classroom. I'm Daisha Clay, and here with me today, back for a record third time, is Mr. Keith Weber. (laughs) (laughs) He is a Grammy-nominated producer, a choral and orchestral instructor. He's a vocal coach, a multi-instrumentalist, artistic director of Grace Song, Inc. Keith, welcome back. Hi. Great to be here, as always. what on earth will you be teaching me about today? You've already taught me so much. Well, we we want to talk about choral music or vocal music. Yeah. In classical music, and right. what, what does it mean to sing, and what does it mean to sing in a choir, and yeah. what, and how do you tell? Well, and see, yeah, we've talked about uh, opera on this show before, right, right. but we've never talked about the human voice in, in classical music. Right. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Oh, great. Yeah. Where well, do we start? Well, we're gonna. Uh, what I thought we'd start with is some some old 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 stuff, some chant from yeah. Hildegard. And a group called Anonymous Four, who uh-huh. have a way of singing chant that's really captivating. Of course, when you, you start with the human voice in classical music or in music period, there mm-hmm. pretty much has to be a text. And so this first for, form of it, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, when used in church in order to get some words that you needed to say as part of the service into the air – Efficiently mm-hmm. and effectively, they started writing these wonderful vocal line tunes. Hmm. Yeah. And vo- voice, I mean, the very right. first music right. came from the human voice. I would imagine, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, unless and, banging on rocks counts, but. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, it could. Yeah. <laughs> but weren't like the earliest instruments sort of based on the human voice? I mean, it kind of set the groundwork for. For oh, what yeah, was to it, come? Yeah, it's absolutely the, the original instrument. So we're talking like primordial, right. fundamental stuff here. Exactly. So we should hear some. Right, this is an old Gregorian chant, Vene Creator Spiritus, or they're wanting the Holy Spirit to come be part of their service. Yeah. And so it's a an invitation mm-hmm. to the forces out there in order to come be with us. Yeah. Just one line. Yeah, it's so, it's so, it's many voices singing the same right. thing together. Right. And these these ladies, you can tell that they know what the words mean. And you can tell that they've gotten their act together. Listen to how they sing each syllable. And when, when they get to each next vowel, mm-hmm. it's completely the same.
I see and, what you're right, saying. Right, and it comes into focus. And then also notice how the the way that they're shaping mm-hmm. the line is precisely the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've thought it through, and they've come to an agreement. Yeah, they sound almost like one voice well, that's, together. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. In fact, that throughout classical music, when you start to sing, and when you start to sing as a chorus... The whole point is to get all these many, many, many voices to be one voice. And for for people who are singing it, to have a point of view mm-hmm. about what it is you're singing. And in here, it's very, very clear. It's so, it's so crystal. Like. Uh-huh. Sounds like they recorded it in a cave or something. <laughs> a lot of these old, well, most all of them, the old churches were all stone and had no sound absorbent material. So they all had reverberance, they all had echoes. And so yeah. this original style of chant developed kind to of a, have yeah. an echo around it, yes. Yeah, that's that's interesting because this music you notice it just works sonically so right. well with with a a large space, whereas right. something that needed to be very sort of sharp sounding wouldn't right. wouldn't right yeah and their their way with what we call intonation where there just isn't any difference in the pitch that they're singing. Mm-hmm. They come not only to a clarity of vowel, but a clarity of pitch, yeah, and a clarity of phrasing, which uh-huh. is the turn, the actual shape of a melody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Yeah, completely beautiful, yes. And so, so that's kind of where it all started. Yeah. And now, jumping forward, it's kind of a huge jump to what's next. Uh, people began to add instruments, of course, uh-huh. to this, and then start to add different different voices of the same type. You know, two or three parts, or three or four parts, or blah blah blah. So right, it started getting crazy. And what's up next is is some Bach. Now, this is highly developed stuff, and- but. This is like how how long after oh, Hildegard? Oh, this is hundreds and hundreds of years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hildegard was 14th century, and these this is now uh, 1700s. This is now the 18th century. Right. This is when we're getting to right. the classical music. Right. Well, this is the the height of the Baroque now. Okay. And I just wanted you to hear how it you, you take these same curved lines and now you start to combine them in these astonishing ways this is the opening of the bach magnificat Mm -hmm. and you hear after a big instrumental opening Mm -hmm. you hear these voices intertwining in order to get the words across which is you know we magnify um my soul magnifies the lord you're so excited about the power of yeah. God that your very person is acting like a magnifying glass. Yeah. And, yeah. Like a human microphone. Right. Or and, and like a like some kind of optical thing that makes it yes. zing. Here we go. And again, there's that linear clarity to each and every part. Uh huh. Yeah. It's all so precise. 
Completely, yes. And yet it's not brittle mm-hmm. or antiseptic. Mm-hmm. It's fully felt and it's warm and it's rounded in the edges, but it's completely precise. Yeah. So so we've got Yes, so and so we've got several vocal parts here. In yeah. fact it's two soprano parts and I think an alto yeah, two soprano parts, an alto, a tenor and a bass. Mm. Five part choir. Yeah, quite a bit more sophisticated than, yeah. than what Hildegard with, was with, doing. With isolated instrumental parts, too. Mm-hmm. But again, it has this the same clarity. And, and what, one of my messages today is that that's how you tell when someone has a point of view about singing, about some choral music, mm-hmm. is that it has a clarity to it. And when you say that someone has a point of view, you're talking about the composer. Yeah, I'm talking about, well... No, I'm talking about the conductor here. Oh, oh, the conductor? Yeah, the the person who has gotten the people to sing this way. Okay. Right. Every uh, vocal performance reflects a point of view of a conductor. Ah, interesting. And you can tell whether it's a clear point of view or not. I see. By the way that they sing. Okay. All right. Well, what what comes after this? I mean... Well, in Atlanta, Uh there was a conductor named Robert Shaw who had a really great point of view <clears throat> about most of the music that he approached. Mm-hmm. And he had a tradition going there, a singing tradition. And so we're going to listen to the Haydn creation, uh, a movement out of there. And this is now a big choir. This is 100 singers, yeah, maybe more. Yeah, But he gets them not only to, to sing with this vowel, this clarity of vowel and shape and everything, but he gets them somehow miraculously rhythmically to do the same thing so all those people all these the people yeah, yeah 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 so i have no idea what a typical size for a choir is or if there's a typical size well there's not but and it, it it just depends on fashion okay depends on the taste of the periods in fact you know you know the handle the handle messiah uh-huh. it became a fashion after it was premiered by very small choirs um, to start doing them in mob scene uh-huh. performances with as many as th- 6,000. I know of one performance in the late 19th century where people sang Messiah with 6,000 singers. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just became a thing. <clears throat> I guess that makes it very powerful. Yeah, it also makes it kind of hard to hear but <laughs> but it is powerful it, <laughs> it is. makes the stage really cramped <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it varies and so what shaw had to work with was the atlanta symphony chorus okay. which was you know a group that varied between oh gosh between 60 and 100 and some okay depending upon what the piece were right. okay well let's let's hear some of, of this one <laughs> so here we have full symphony orchestra, which is a little heavy for Haydn anyway, but you see how he managed to get them bouncy uh-huh. and full of life? Uh-huh. I hear you hear that. that stage full of people bouncing around together, exactly together? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's got to be. It's hard to do. The work that you have to put into right. to synchronize that many voices. Yeah. But listen to how you can hear the top of the choir, the middle of the choir, 
You can hear the soprano, the alto, the tenor,、uh-huh. the bass. It it coalesced finally around four parts. Can you? And this is a little bit off、uh-huh. topic from what we've been talking about, but、right. can you talk to me about the difference between choral music、mm-hmm. and opera singing? Oh gosh, yes. Well, oh, you mean opera choruses, or there's you know operatic solo singing is is a whole. Separate beast.、Yeah. Uh, choral singing, there's、uh, is trying to make your voice join with your neighbors in order to create a special resonance that is just the community trying to make one sound and to make some kind of a color that makes sense of the whole piece. Whereas in opera, you might have you know people. Slitting their throats and going crazy and screaming <laughs>、right. and you know blah 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 depending upon what's up. <gasps> yeah.、Okay. At that very moment. Gotcha. Right. Okay. You, you won't have a lot of、uh, people dying. <laughs> in <laughs> your typical chorus. <laughs> chor- <laughs> If you do, it's a bad day.、Right. Although the, although Shaw had a, a funny thing that he used to tell me. He said, "You'll you really need to get some space here, or you need to tell your neighbor to move away and get some space, or you'll bleed." <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when I was in choir as a、yeah. kid. You know, like we were practicing for for like a big performance, and、mm-hmm. um, there were all these kids passing out. <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah, like they would lock their knees. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, and you have take to, a stumble. Yeah, you have I to mean, be careful. I mean, it's dangerous work. <laughs> it was after that that I was like, I'm out of here. I'm not falling down on some yeah, rafters. Yeah, no, 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 no. You have to be careful. And some people make you stand too long. <laughs> so it was our choir bad conditions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If that's happening, somebody hadn't thought through the environment. I don't think so. Very clearly. I don't think so. So, But anyway, so, these、uh, these people, you can tell by again listening to the verticality of it and the horizontality of it. You listen.、Yeah. You listen to whether the vowels are meeting. You listen to whether the lines are together. And in this case, they are absolutely. That must go into that. It's yeah, just... it's, yeah, getting people to be of one mind, getting a hundred or so singers to actually buy into one concept is、mm-hmm. is it's quite a job.、Yes. Yeah, it's lovely. It requires credibility. Yeah, and it requires an idea to start with.、Yeah. As a conductor, you have to have a clear idea. What comes next? Well,、okay. I've probably something now. A lot of us Americans,、mm-hmm. choir directors,、uh, first had a sense of what a point of view meant when we heard the recordings of a British choir, a British college choir.、Mm-hmm. Now, this is all men. It's men and boys.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the basses and the tenors are their appropriate guys, but the alto part is sung by men, adult men, singing in their falsetto. Yeah. And then the soprano line is kids, is、okay. little boys. The one that recorded and that we heard was a place called King's College、mm-hmm. in Cambridge. They started making recordings in the fifties and good ones. And so there's what I've brought is this marvelous. It's now an eight-part piece. This is a double choir piece called "Fair as the Heaven" by William Harris. And this 
starts to get really astounding in, in its colorfulness. And the two choirs kind of bat each other around. Yeah. You'll hear them interact. It's quite entertaining and hard, 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 hard. One chorus, the other chorus. And now do you hear the sound of that from the mm-hmm. top to the bottom has a real clarity? Although it's quite different than the than the mixed male-female choir. Yeah. This has a straighter edge. Yeah. Huh. That is a really different sound. It is quite. Than a, than a but this is one of this choir. this was something that was inspirational to a lot of us. It sounds almost like a like a throwback. In mm-hmm. a way, the sort of um, spaciousness of the right. of the the room that they are performing right. in. The right. Well, this is yeah. Well, the King's College has one of the great rolly aroundy reverberant acoustics, and it's that, very yeah, the yeah. the lines of of mm-hmm. the music flow together. That's right. Like, That's right. Yeah. Although this, yeah, it's a little sharper than Hildegard. Yeah. Very fun wow. to listen to. Wow. Here's the R. One choir, uh, other choir, other choir. <laughs> Tossing back and forth across the chancel. So this, this, this yeah. piece, what, yeah. tell me about the piece there's Oh, singing? it's pretty great. It's uh, early 20th century um, oh, okay. c- cathedral music. It's... It's written for a cappella choir, for unaccompanied choir, uh-huh. and it's meant to be a challenge for mm-hmm. the two choirs to sing in tune. And, for example, here's coming up, a key change, where they sing up a half step and the whole tonality change. Very, very hard to keep your bearings. So you said it was written to be oh yeah to be difficult written for to be a challenge okay. absolutely this okay. is uh, this eight part piece is meant to, it just throws curves at people continuously in terms of tight harmonies uh-huh. meaning um, that there's not a lot of ordinary chords there's interesting chords that you're you know you have to know what you're doing in okay. order to even find your note in the chord see for example these chords right here. Uh, See, they have, da, da, they have very... And I assume that's because the composer has a deep-seated dislike of, of choral singers. Oh, no, no, no. He's, <laughs> no, he's... he's um, what he's trying to do is uh, let them demonstrate their abilities. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I see. Yeah. So it's kind of like a show-off piece. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Complete huh. show-off-y piece. Absolutely.
so we've we've gone from sort of a sparse human, you know, mm-hmm. sort of acapella to to mixing music in with mm-hmm. with the singing, wow. um, to having a a full symphony orchestra and like a hundred singers, and now we're back to twentieth century music mm-hmm. that's acapella. Right. That's, that's... What are the and I'm not even quite sure how to ask this question. So, the, I mean, the, they seem like two very sort of different sorts of music to me. There's right. classical music that has voice in it. Right. And then there's acapella music. And right. they seem like Well, they're all classical vocal music. Almost. Well, they are. There's, there's a wide, wide variety of styles yeah. in both acapella singing and accompanied singing or in, you know, choral orchestral or just choral unaccompanied. Mm-hmm. There's as much as much variety in that realm of classical music as there is anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find all sorts of things. What I've brought today was just, just a, a little smattering of some of the best people who have what, what I'm after here, which is this point of view about the sound. Yeah. They have a sense of themselves and a sound that they're trying to make and a way of singing the music yeah. that reveals what's there. Well, and you can see, like, the one thing that is consistent between all of the pieces that mm-hmm. we've heard mm-hmm. is, like you said, there's there's this, like, top-to-bottom right. sort right. of um, the, unity, right. I guess. Right. It's a clarity both ways, vertical yeah. and horizontal. Is that something that's particularly difficult to do with oh, your yes. voice? Well, sure. As opposed to, you know, using yeah, yeah, an yeah. instrument? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, really it's harder for a group of singers complex. to get their act together than a group of string players. Because, yeah. you know, a group of string players is, you know, they're they're taught to be more precise, just mm-hmm. generally. Yeah. So it's kind of amazing when, when groups of singers pull off mm-hmm. ensemble clarity. Was that the... Um, and their voices actually do become instruments. Yeah. Was that the the last piece that you had today? Well, I brought a couple of things. I brought one just to, to talk about another American oh, good. tradition. Let's one hear one more. is uh, yes, and this is uh, in Minnesota. There's an amazing choral tradition, not only of singing but also of composing. And the great American composer Dominic Argento mm-hmm. uh, has written some stuff for the Warland Singers. One of which is this great piece about Walden Pond. It's mm-hmm. for choir and the three cellos and these people have such uh, clarity to their musicianship that it's kind of unbelievable hmm. uh, have a listen okay. this is the first movement of on walden pond You can tell what the chord is. And they're all making the same burnished, beautiful, healthy, well-produced, easy sound. Yeah, they're very... Mellifluous. Right, yeah. exactly. There's like no break. They just right. flow. Yeah. yeah. 
recent years, this, this Minnesota tradition is something really special. There's just sensational choirs in Minnesota. I guess it's because people in Minnesota needed something to do indoors. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're also it's because they're polite. <laughs> they're polite and respectful and do and do what they're told. <laughs> Minnesotans are awesome. We love you, Minnesota. We absolutely we do. <laughs> They have a vocal technique, they have a sound, they have an approach to their music. I mean, you can tell mm -hmm. what they think about this music. Now, is this a group that, that, that has a standard sort of, is it composed of a standard set of people? Or is yep, it some yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. they like, sometimes don't use them all, but it was a group of 40, 50 singers. They're, they're fully professionals, a professional choir, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, where everybody is paid to know what's up. Not like Menudo, when they kick you out when you become a certain age. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dacia, and I've just aged myself. <laughs> but it's beautiful stuff, and uh, there's composers up in Minnesota that understand uh -huh. about the choir as an instrument, and they write well for the Did choir. They write for that right. choir? Wow. Well, they're not for this choir, for, but, but for, for choirs choir. in okay. general. There's a general understanding of how choirs work. And again, right. you talked about the conductor's vision. Right. Right. And would you say that's the case with these guys too? Yeah, absolutely, completely. Yeah, yeah completely. But it's easier when there, where there's a tradition. Yeah. It's easier for even not so strong conductors to have a good success. Now when you say tradition, I'm I'm a singing tradition that is passed on literally from generation to generation. Right, from generation okay. to generation. That's what I assume. Through it schools meant. and colleges. That's what there is a singing tradition. You're so, just expected to know how to sing in tune and to make a nice sound. Like an to, institutionalized right. tradition where this Correct. is like okay, right. you, you come right. into this as a kid, you go That's into right. it. okay. Where we and we even have that here in Texas. Yeah. Good like, one. Where? All over the all over Texas, it's in the public schools. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah, we yeah. did have very strong mm -hmm. choir in our school. Mm -hmm. That was it was always a thing that everyone was involved in. Right, I right. mean, there was the tryouts. Was yeah, all all, all over yeah. Texas, there's strong strong choral. Program. It never occurred to me that that might be yeah. different elsewhere. I just assumed that everybody sang. Uh, no, oh no, huh. no, 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 no. You've blown my mind. But they've uh, yeah, it requires leadership mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, to create a a long-standing tradition, and it caught on here in huh. Texas, and it persists. Yeah, yeah. And rather take, it, rather take it for granted. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally did. Yeah. I never even right. thought for a second that any other child in yeah, America yeah. had had a different experience yeah. from me in school. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Music education is a beautiful thing. Wow, yeah, it is. Cool, Keith. By the way, we should start calling you Cool Keith. <laughs> I think that's obvious, and I can't believe we haven't done it before. <laughs> Keith, thank you so much oh, for gosh, being on the I'm show again. It's always a pleasure. We'll have to do it again. I please. Okay. I have a bunch of stuff cool. that I want to talk about. Nice. All right. Well, guys, that about does it for this episode of Classical Classroom. For more Classroom, go to houstonpublicmedia.org backslash classroom or to soundcloud.com backslash classical classroom where you can find 
all of our shows, everything we've ever done. Uh, you can subscribe to Classical Classroom on iTunes and listen to us on Stitcher Radio. Don't forget to like us, rate us, follow us, what have you. Thanks today to audio producer Todd Tasty Holslander for twiddling knobs, to program director Sinjin Flynn for his steadfast, unwavering, strong-jawed, looking off into the distance meaningfully guidance, to Keith Weber for his repeat visits, to me for saying stuff, and to you, dear listeners, for listening. We'll catch you next time.